maybe you should play catch up, Matt Damon. <laughs> Stop <laughs> battling monsters in China and uh, do some real work. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. Let's put a smile on that face. You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be. I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. And as a special treat to you, my co-host Mike is here two weeks in a row. So, Mike, uh, welcome back. I'm, I'm shocked that get? this... Uh, you get the pleasure of my company, as always, you <laughs> motherfucker. Um, and this week, well, we're... So here's the thing. I, I don't have the pleasure of your listeners' company. Like, yeah. I, I can have the pleasure of your company at my disposal. You know, we it's text true. each other frequently. It's true. Why do I need these people? Why do I need you? <laughs> because listeners? they love you. I actually... I was... Why? I was... I don't... That is the real question. <laughs> I have no idea. But I was discussing this with uh, one listener, who I'm sure you already know who it is, because she's the one who talks to me all the time. And I was talking about, you were out of town, and you almost weren't going to do this episode, and I was going to bring someone else in. And she was like, ah, oh, that guy's okay, but there's no replacing Mike. And so there you have it. You are irreplaceable, Mike. So well, you're talking about Sheila. Of I, course. I love dearly, so. How can right, you not? I will do this. I will, I will buck up for this review. This is for Sheila. for Sheila. All right. So this review will be on this week's new release, which is The Accountant, starring Ben Affleck, among many other big stars, actually. This movie is actually uh, more stars than I expected when I first heard about it. And I make it makes me wonder, because this movie hasn't been received terribly well by critics. It's one of those movies with... With critics, it's doing poorly, and then if you look at the audience numbers, the audiences love it. Um, but it makes you wonder, with a cast like this, when you have uh, J.K. Simmons, when you have John Bernthal, when you have Anna Kendrick, uh, when, you, when you have John Lithgow, and when you have uh, Ben Affleck, do you think people maybe expect this to be more than it was meant to be? I think the trailer uh, probably didn't help. It's strange. Uh, so this is... This is slight spoiler, I guess, for what the ultimate style of the film is, maybe the genre. But, you know, the trailers that I saw, and I guess they get a little more explosive uh, with the subsequent ones. But, you know, the teaser trailer, it's a Radiohead song. It's very much. Could you get more self-serious than a Radiohead song in your trailer? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it would be now. I'm not I'm not hip enough with my music scene, but certainly 10 years ago, uh, this probably wouldn't have applied at all but i guess even tom york needs money now um <laughs> Poor tom a lot york. of them focus on uh you know his abilities to fit in as a child you get a lot of the child flashbacks in the trailers yeah uh you get a lot of the father and very little of ben affleck and the cast that you mentioned <laughs> like i think it ends i believe even the teaser trailer ends with him with a fucking cannon on his on his shoulder on a porch <laughs> getting ready to blow some shit up that's really the only hint of uh, the action movie that this movie is. It is, and yeah. I guess I was tricked. I was fooled by the trailers. I didn't read any reviews until I came out of the theater, and I was like, holy shit, Rotten Tomatoes, this thing is a disaster. Right. And spoiler alert for what I felt, I was like, I dug it. I had a good time with this. And maybe it's because I liked that it turns into a somewhat throwbacky action movie for the third act. Yeah, this is actually something I was talking with uh, with Britt as we walked out because Britt is even more of an action movie fan than I am. Like she grew up, you know, with her dad watching action movies, so this is like really her type of movie. And we're talking about how 
this type of action movie doesn't usually exist anymore. Like we don't get a lot of these anymore. So for me, I had a great time. Like, is this movie stupid? Yes. Uh, is it predictable? Yes, absolutely. Uh, do a lot of the kind of detective story aspects make sense? No, not really. Uh, but it doesn't matter because the whole movie is so much fun. It was actually much funnier than I expected it to be. Tonally, it's a really strange movie. Like it's because you have a main character who doesn't emote like that's part of his characterization. Um, you you don't get a lot of that from him. So you're not expecting the humor that is in this movie. And I will say, like, I saw it with a full audience uh, this weekend and people loved it. Like people were laughing. Uh, even some uh, some people in the audience apparently were surprised by the <laughs> by the ending of the film because I heard audible gasps at both of the kind of uh, like revelations of the film. And I was looking around like, really? You didn't because I'm I'm terrible at figuring out what's coming but even i like i leaned over to brit and i was like it's gonna be this and she, and of course it was and she was like yeah dave i i know like i <laughs> i figured this out 25 minutes ago i don't know where you've been you know and it's pretty obvious but i don't think it's i don't think it's trying to be terribly clever it didn't feel like it was trying to be a huge twist it just looked like they were trying to have fun like my only real negative for this movie is I tend to like movies that are a little bit more world building and not everything has to be connected. But in this movie, like there are no characters that are not connected to one another, like everything kind of wraps up. So it doesn't feel like these characters live in a world after this or before this. It's just kind of like this contained story. But that being said, I had a great time. That is strange, though, because it definitely seems like it's set up as a series of yeah. some sort. Um, so Warner Brothers and maybe Ben Affleck had confidence in this project that this was going to be something, a character that he could continue to revisit in future films. Uh, I don't know as much as a fan as I was of this. I don't, you know, it doesn't strike me as something where it's like the accountant too. Like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's tax it season. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> but there's, I mean, there, and maybe that's why as to what you're saying that they felt the need to like wrap things up because it doesn't, it doesn't, the premise doesn't scream sequel. Uh, but I do think that at somewhere along the way they got in their head like, oh, maybe this will be this could be a series for for Mr. Affleck. He's in total action movie mode now. Like he's you know yeah. he jumped into Batman. Batman and, is this? Yeah. Uh, he's got the uh, his upcoming film is set during the Prohibition, which the trailer played in front of the accountant, and it looked far more actiony than what I I guess assumed from the the premise. I yeah, think. I saw that trailer too, and I saw the tra I've seen the trailer twice, and the first time I didn't catch that he actually directed it. Because uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't say directed by Ben Affleck. It just says, you know, from the director of Argo or whatever. Uh, and the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I need to see that. It looks kind of cheesy. And then I was like, oh, directed by Ben Affleck. All of a sudden, I'm interested. Because he hasn't mm -hmm. he hasn't really – like Argo is, to me, definitely not his best movie. But I don't think he's made – I don't think he's directed a bad film. So he's kind of got – he's got my trust at this point where it's like, okay. And now – that one is being repositioned, I guess, into the Oscar season as far as the limited Christmas. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that is maybe the trailer is doing the opposite of the accountant and it's selling the action. <laughs> right. And it's actually more of a character study than the accountant. Back to the accountant, though. I'm glad it's not because to what you're saying, I don't think the film, you know, I didn't need them to do Rain Man with guns. Like, I'm glad that. <laughs> and they that's what that trailer looked like. <laughs> yeah, the trailer like, does. Oh, and I'm, I'm like, that's a very delicate thing. It could be offensive. I kind of like that it revels in its stupidity and just, you know, some of the character actors are done a disservice here. I think JK Simmons is 
Uh, he's not the worst, but as far as what they ask him to do, he's got one moment where he has to speak to the audience for 10 minutes on things we already know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to what you were saying earlier, uh, I did an episode of this on, on my show, War Machine vs. Wars with Ben Zook, and we were all, all three of us are in different states, uh, very different demographics, and it seems like all three crowds really got into this. We all saw it like opening night. It's a crowd so pleaser, I do think man. This is a crowd, yeah, it is a crowd pleaser. Uh, and you know, it's fine. It should have been, you know, maybe it does play more like a summer movie, but you know, summer 2016 sucks so bad. I'm fine with a little catch up. I'm fine with a, an October action movie. We're getting Jack Reacher this week too. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of in heaven. It's late week. summer this year. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I will say like, uh, although we have said like, this is a dumb movie, it's a fun movie. I think Ben <laughs> Affleck's performance is really good here. I, I, I was, too. Yeah. Uh, they, I think their chemistry, they have good chemistry. I, they work well the together. Casting of those two, I, like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to play to the Twitter crowd and say problematic, but I'm like, you know, that's not a couple I want to see in any sort of intimate setting. Like, so I know in the trailers, they were sort of, uh, he has this line where he's like, looks at her and basically says he wants to connect with people. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, he's going to connect with her. I'm glad they don't go fully into that. Like they, right. they have the scene sharing lunch together, which plays comedic and sweet. And yeah. it's like, I just genuinely like being around these two people. And, uh, I think that the film does for all of this stupidity that you and I are reveling in, <laughs> it does make some smart choices on like, okay, that's our limit. And right. so we do, we don't get a, uh, gratuitous steamy sex scene between these two, like an eighties action movie and then never see her again. Like it's the, that's just not the type of world this guy lives in. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't deviate from that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we've talked both, I think on mic and off mic about the idea of how impressive it is when you take an actor's tools away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we we talked about uh, Daniel Radcliffe uh, earlier this year, like playing a farting corpse. Like he doesn't get to emote, he barely gets to move at all, and it's still an amazing performance. And this that is that old well. chestnut farting yeah. corpse. Can't <laughs> yeah. go a year with that. Yeah, I mean, geez, what a what a trope at this point. Uh, but in this movie, like you take out his kind of ability to be charming, his ability to show emotion, even like smiling like you take that away from him and it's still a really engaging performance from ben affleck so i was actually really impressed like not just good in an action movie but a really good performance and that's the second that's the second movie in as many weeks that has had a really good performance um in a movie maybe you didn't expect it when you have emily blunt and the girl on the train and now you have ben affleck here i think this is a better movie I think this is How dare better. you say you don't expect something no, good in from that Emily movie? Blunt. No, I don't expect it in that movie. <laughs> it's not a shot at Emily Blunt. I'm asking for your Emily Blunt fan club card right now. <laughs> I believe Scott, last week I me. said never doubt Emily Blunt were my exact words. But in that movie, uh, you don't I'd expect have to go it. back and listen. <laughs> we know that's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> I barely listen to edits, so I don't expect you to go back and listen to you, you know, fumble around and fuck it up like usual. I, I just I'm just going to assume that. I'm right. <laughs> you do make that assumption very often. I mean, it's it's a healthy way to go, even if you're wrong. Uh, but it was it was also interesting just thinking about uh, Ben Affleck's career, like getting his start in in a movie that's about kind of about savantism, about someone who's a mathematics savant in Goodwill Hunting, kind of playing the other side, playing the, the kind of dumb best friend. So it's interesting to see how his career trajectory has gotten him to this point where he could play not only in an action hero, but as someone extremely intelligent in the same film. And I think he pulls both of these off really well, which is not something everyone can do. Matt Damon can, so I guess he's still chasing... Not in the same movie. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll take this over Jason Bourne any day of the week. The most recent will, Jason Bourne. 
yeah, I would take this over the most recent one, but I do think it's funny that you're you're accusing him of playing catch up to <laughs> well. Will Hunting in a way. He's well, finally it's, getting it's to Damon's though. level. You know, because uh, I do think earlier in their careers, uh, Damon is the one you're like, okay, he's the serious actor, and right. there's the guy from Armageddon and Pearl Harbor. <laughs> right. Uh, and the early 2000s were not kind to, to Ben Affleck, and his choices weren't good. But, you know, he's the one He's the one that directed a Best Picture winner, so yeah. there you go, Matt Damon. What are yeah. you doing? Maybe you should play catch-up, Matt Damon. <laughs> Stop <laughs> battling monsters in China and uh, do some <laughs> real work. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're not. <laughs> Hashtag and I'll, uh, so I'll be wild. absent from that one if it's on pop culture case study. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be touching that one either. Um, so what did you think of uh, John Bernthal's performance? He's one of those actors that has built a really solid career. Like he's had some interesting uh, like kind of side roles in movies. Like even in movies I despise – he was pretty good in like me and her own the dying girl. He's the one the good thing. part of that yeah. movie. Like, yeah. and so he always has this really great presence and he's kind of good at playing the, the charming asshole, like someone you shouldn't like, but someone you're drawn to. And he kind of goes back to the well here uh, and kind of does that again. But I did really like his performance. He's given a, a tough role. Cause he is the, uh... <laughs> are we in spoilers yet? I don't know yet. We'll <laughs> get there soon. Don't film. worry. <laughs> we'll get there soon. He is playing a uh, a reveal of of sorts. Uh, he, he's uh, you know at first uh, this sort of almost sociopath like killer, and I, I don't I think he's asked to to really do something difficult that I don't know if the film I don't know if the direction or the writing the editing whatever uh, whoever's to blame for this I, I don't know if they give him enough because he's a likable presence, and so when people see him on screen, even my crowd, it's like oh that guy from Walking Dead, I like him, and so he's still in that sort. of <laughs> character actor point right. in his career uh but he's he's always like he's always the bro you know he's always the sort of masculine presence in the, in this world and that mm-hmm. fits in the, in the accountant for you know but i don't i don't think you know most of the stuff that i like comes towards the end of the film mm-hmm. and then they sort of they exit out of that like before like there's more i wanted to see of his character uh but i feel like too much of it hinges on a reveal that is totally unnecessary Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's an interesting movie and an interesting character, even if you don't have the reveal. In fact, it might even be more interesting because we know we would know even less about John Brenthal's character if the reveal isn't there. And there's it looks like there's a lot to tell. Like you could tell he's been doing this job for a long time. He knows exactly mm-hmm. what he's doing and he he commands the room and he's a really engaging presence and you want more of him. And I think the movie with its reveal kind of robs us of that feeling at the end of the movie. Also, J.K. Simmons, uh, Mr. Exposition, like Ugh. the final scene of Psycho, like has he has a 10 minute stretch where I'm like, oh, my God, get him off the stage. He's just he's just being left to die out there. <laughs> Give him the hook. Yeah, I did. I did have that. And with that kind of exposition, it's also a rehash of the scene from the very beginning of the movie where you don't kind of see who's there. And I, I just felt like that was a little cheap and I don't think it was necessary to walk us through that again. Like you said, let's do exposition about something you already know. The point of exposition is, you know, as a director, I don't know how to get this across without just telling you. So I'm just going to tell you. So you should never be repeating things I saw, you know, 45 minutes ago. Like I, I know <laughs> we were just here in this building. I don't really understand his his character because it, there's someone who 
he's compromised in a way as far as what he knows and what he's he, other people know about him. So he he knows more about the accountant, and he's pushing uh, the, this woman uh, played by Cynthia Robinson to investigate it. But he does so in the opening of the film by threatening her, like her very career existence. And I don't know why that's even there. Like it's, it's totally you know, the pointless. Movie is, <laughs> the movie is, you know, I I always complain about runtime, but. Uh, it's just over two hours and that's just a small cut to make. It also shades this JK Simmons character. It's maybe a diversion to make him more villainous seeming early on than what he actually is. But I don't understand why he needs to uh, attempt to threaten this woman to get her to do something that seems like would be her job anyway. Yeah. I mean, I had that exact (laughs) thought in the beginning of the movie when that happens, when he basically, I mean, I I don't think that's that much of a, I don't think that's that much of a spoiler. Like it comes out in the first 10 minutes of the movie is that, you know, she works for the treasury department just like he does. And it ends up when she was under 18, she did something terrible and she lied about it on her application essentially. So he's going to put her in jail unless he does what he wants, what she, what he wants her to do what does he want her to do uh crack the case <laughs> do your job anyway. <laughs> like just like really that's your i was i was waiting for something much more like kind of nefarious like okay what is he gonna ask her to do oh find someone who's probably a criminal okay <laughs> that's, that's yeah your the job has no we have no reason to doubt jk simmons early on like i mean the, the premise is as an accountant who works with the shadiest fuckers on the planet so seems like a guy you want to get a hold of he might know some shit (laughs) so i don't i don't know i don't know if they were attempting to have us believe that jk simmons is somehow involved i don't know i don't i don't get that whole sequence and i i think it you know just slows us down at the very beginning it feels like uh it's trailer information with a slight twist and the slight twist just caused me to be like what why what yeah like (laughs) get back to the accountant please yeah let's just Get on with it. I totally agree. And one thing I was worried about in this movie, you kind of hinted at this earlier when you're talking about Rain Man with guns. Like Rain Man, I have not watched in probably a decade, but I'm pretty sure if I watched it again, I would be like, oh, man, this is really dated, especially when it comes to dealing with autism. We know a lot more about autistic people now. Mm. So I was worried that this movie, uh, given that it wasn't, you know, they didn't. Uh, from what I read, they didn't. Do, they did a lot of research, but they didn't like involve anyone in the film who who was autistic or from one of these one of these groups that represents autistic people. So I was like, oh man, this could be really, this could be really offensive and really tough because there are a lot of people in the world who are autistic. This is not some, you know, uh, some condition that you know two people out of every ten thousand have. Like this is this is like a real portion of the community. And, you know, you never want an entire portion of a community to have the only representation they get be this stereotype. And I don't think they did here. Actually, I was really impressed um, that they made him a real person and they made him seem like a person with high functioning autism and not just like someone who could do party tricks like we have with Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, like counting the matches. Like we don't, we don't have that moment. (laughs) (laughs) We have, we have essentially him using uh, whatever issues that he's dealing with to his advantage, right? Like he's figured out how to operate in the world and how to adjust to life, even in really difficult circumstances. And he's a successful person. So I thought that was kind of cool that we get that other side of it and not just viewing it as some sort of disability. No, I, I think they go the complete other way. I think this is like a superhero story. This yeah. is an origin story for you know the accountant, a- accountant like, man. That's... <laughs> yes, like the tax is, man. That's... <laughs> I mean, because he's he's highly skilled, and a lot of that comes from flashbacks with his father. 
uh, trying terrible to... parenting. Jesus well, says you. Look I what do. To the accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks. He looks like someone who can certainly take care of himself. <laughs> I Made suppose that's true. Even I like if he that starts huge to... gun he's got behind the curtain in his I, the and corner that of his never house. comes up. <laughs> they never use it. it. I, I just love it. <laughs> He's just got that hanging around. Yeah, I know. I did love that too, but I was, and I love the reaction when they find it. Like J.K. Simmons, probably best moment in the film. Like you don't see that every day. Like totally <laughs> deadpan, just moving on with his day. Like he didn't just see a cannon pop out of the wall. But I, it's really interesting that they would have that prop and have that scene and never have him use it in the entire film. Like it's like introducing this gigantic Chekhov's gun, and then nothing happens with it. Yeah, but to be fair, what would, I mean, if he uses it in the film, I mean, how many more people does he have to slaughter? Like, what? Who cares, <laughs> Mike? What sort of Get invading army? Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> the entire Treasury Department. Just take it out in one shot. <laughs> I don't see the issue. <laughs> I think the first one that needs to die is that uh, nefarious woman. How dare she lie about a crime she committed to protect her family? <laughs> how <laughs> horrible. evil presence. Right. Yes. <laughs> You know, the only thing, I hate to go back to that, but I feel like there's not a connecting moment in that where it's like, okay, we want the audience to have this information so that J.K. Simmons sees someone he can connect with, someone who will go work outside of the law. Uh, instead, it's just like, well, you're just, I'm old. I'm old, you're young. <laughs> and I love, like, I mean, this is like a minor spoiler, but they have this moment where she reveals everything that happened to her. And then she kind of goes like, you know, forgive me for saying this, but what the fuck do you know about tough? And then he tells this like story about his run in with the accountant. And I was like, that's supposed to equal what she just said. Really? Like you're a bad officer. That's it. That's 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 your whole connection to her. And it just rang really hollow and also totally unneeded for the plot of the story. Like you didn't need that sequence yeah, for the plot of the story. You don't need it. But I've been. And plenty of bars where someone tells a really good story, and then you get that one asshole friend that's <laughs> like, like oh, that reminds me. <laughs> and then it's like his story sucks, and it just kind of everybody just like stares at their drinks and it just <laughs> like killed mm, the moment anyway. Yeah, so you probably don't want that in a movie. Yeah, it's like you don't right, want your movie to be just like real life. Like realism <laughs> is fine, but real life is awkward and horrible sometimes. You don't really need that in a summer action flick. Not not necessary. All right, uh, I think at this point we'll jump to spoilers so we can kind of talk about the, the obvious nature of said spoiler. Spoilers. What? Read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I feel like your spoiler section is going to be just like the movie and that people have already put two and two together on the lot. <laughs> it's <laughs> quite possible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, of course, the big spoiler is, uh, you know, of course, uh, Ben Affleck was raised by this father who taught him to, like, live in this world and protect himself. He was also raised with an older brother. I think it was his older brother, right? Uh, he's he's mute in the flashback. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Yeah. A younger a brother of about the same age within two or three years of each other. And that brother is John Bernthal, who has become, I guess, essentially a, a hired killer. Like that's that's how he's taken these skills is instead of and has much better hair. Oh, great hair! <laughs> Excellent hair! Absolutely, His bulletproof hair catches bullets <laughs> in combat. <laughs> so of course we have the kind of standoff at the end, brother against brother. 
um, which I actually really liked. I thought the action sequence was done really well. It helps that both of these guys are physically imposing and probably do a lot of their own stunt work. So that that's so you didn't have to have as many cuts. Um, and I also like the humor of that scene after it all kind of plays out and the two of them are just kind of sitting down next to each other, both of them, you know, bleeding from the mouth, of course, after they've fought for 20 minutes. But that kind of I, I love you can tell how well John Bernthal's character knows his brother, like kind of like, yeah, I missed you, too. I love you because you're my brother. Anything like and he just he kind of pokes at him. And, and it's the first time you see uh, the accountant like kind of smirk a little bit and grin a little bit. So you, you see that connection automatically. So I thought even though the the supposed plot twist was really, really obvious, I liked how it wrapped up and I liked the interplay between those two characters. I wish there was more of it. What I loved is what follows immediately that that brotherhood moment there where John Lithgow comes in, <laughs> delivers his James Bond villain speech, and then promptly gets shot in the face in response. <laughs> I've been asked, like, it's great. Loved I could, the movie could have cut there. And it should have just faded to black right there. Some sort of pop hit, some sort of like <laughs> celebration. It should have been like the ending of Death Proof where the <laughs> girls jump in the air and freeze frame uh, with the brothers here holding hands. I would have loved it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the movie goes off the rails. Like, it's it's strange. Anna Kendrick does get cast aside, which I liked because I was telling uh, Brittany when we were coming out of the movie, I was like, yeah, I really like that she wasn't in danger there because there's a lot of right. similarities between uh, this film and Jack Reacher, strangely. Mm-hmm. I know the Jack Reacher 2 coming out. We have a, a bathroom fight sequence, yep. uh, which is over with pretty quickly. Um, and then we have the the siege, basically one man going up when the, the you know whatever pseudo military personnel they are know that he's coming for this guy, that he's coming for this one person. But unlike that one, we don't have a damsel in distress. And I like right. that Anna Kendrick is there for him to get further involved and maybe want to to end this because he knows he can protect himself, but she's just out there in the open. Uh, so it's she's there as a device to turn this into an action movie. But they don't use the worst elements of action movies, especially when right. it comes to female roles. And so I like that. I also love that in that sequence where she gets attacked in her apartment, she even then isn't a damsel in distress. She fights back and she uses the things around her to kind of protect herself. Like, of course, once the guns come out, that's a totally different thing. But I love that. You don't she, have the hair. Yeah, she has that bulletproof hair. hair. That's right. But like, you know, takes the takes the top off of the off of the stove and. You know, bashes the guy, and then the guy tries to bust always, into the bathroom. Like I was, like, I'm always amused when villains, like especially in those home invasion movies, stick their hands <laughs> yeah. in windows or. Door- I love that, that a movie me. finally, finally did something with that. Like instead of just like, oh, this is terrifying. Like oh, I'm going to bash your hands so you can't come in here. <laughs> like that is the right decision in a stressful situation. So I liked that it showed she was someone. You know, despite the fact that she's, you know, she's not an action hero. She is an actual accountant and she but she's smart. She thinks on her feet and she does what she can to protect herself instead of just being the kind of prototypical damsel in distress, which she very easily could have been in this movie. She also she asks enough uh, questions about the accountant as someone would like, what's up with that? Why do you have this? What, where are we? Like, how can you, like, why do you have all these guns? Right. But not, not enough to the point where you would think like someone is going to put themselves in danger. Like she, you know, he's the one that sort of saves her from her apartment. And so while they they have that time together, she can ask questions, but it's not like she is like, I'm going to investigate this accountant and I'm going to find out, you know what I mean? Like there's enough right. to saying like, how does this relate to me? 
in my life. And other than that, I don't really want to know anymore. Like I don't, I don't need to know. And I don't know. That was the part of the film I expected to be really bad. I expected yeah. like the whole Anna Kendrick as a romantic interest to, to really bring this, this all down. And, uh, I would say it was the highlight with this cast of characters. I would say I have no, probably no issues with Anna Kendrick's role in the film. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree kind of it at all points, everything you brought up when I did see it in the trailer, when they have the shot of her, like, who are you? Like, why do you, it was like, Oh, she's going to be the wet blanket to our action star. Like this is going to be hard to watch, but actually all of her interactions seemed very human and very, and in direct opposition to our main character, which I think makes it really interesting is that she is very clear with her emotions on her face. And she says exactly what she means, but in like a subtle way, whereas he has, he doesn't have that filter. He doesn't have that sociability, of course, because of, you know, because of his high functioning autism, he doesn't have that. So I think those two work really well together, despite the fact that Affleck is not allowed to use a lot of his charm. Like the two of them are really charismatic together. It really works. The only the only moment is when he's working. That's when he there's right. pure expression of joy between the two of them. And you understand why she would uh, be interested in this guy. I mean, they he's a genius in her field. So right. and then and she does get to see him pull down that sort of mask a little bit and crack a smile and laugh and express joy and enthusiasm. Uh, what do you think about her being Robin? Hashtag Batman for this uh, episode. I'm in. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, movie stars when they're promoting when they're on their press tour for something, they will just drop DC or Marvel stuff because they know it'll get a lot of clicks. And, and I, will. you know. I'm hesitant to bring it up because I feel like that's probably what's happening here. But I, you know, after seeing the accountant, I was like, yes, I would like to see hers, Robin. That would be great. Get these two back together again in that sort of uh, mentor, uh, protege dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I think everything she does does here works, and you know, she gets to see Ben Affleck, you know, right on a uh, right on a uh, right on the wall on the clear wall, which obviously automatically means you're a genius. That's that's the rule. I mean, we've seen it in A Beautiful Mind. We see it here in a much better movie. I will say that this is a better movie than A Beautiful Mind. I would watch this a hundred oh, times. statement there. Is it really? <laughs> like, <laughs> that movie's fucking garbage. I said, I think this is like the second week in a row that this has come up. Where, because <laughs> we were talking about Frank earlier this week and kind of talking about other movies with savants in it. And known, bless his, bless his good heart, brought up A Beautiful Mind and just opened up this can of like, how dare you bring that up on my show <laughs> it shall never be mentioned <laughs> on war machine versus war horse and chris my co-host didn't even watch it good man uh, he was smart he was just reviewing it from 2001 when he saw it theatrically <laughs> um and uh, then i watched why put yourself through it, it twice i mean that's <laughs> well i i guess i watched it one and a half times because I watched it and I was like, oh, this movie sucks. And then put on Stagecoach on my iPad and was watching it at the same time. <laughs> and then eventually Stagecoach was so much better. That's an I was interesting like, oh, double feature. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I was like, I'll just kind of listen to Beautiful Mind in the background in case I need it for the podcast. And I was like, no, I'm good. And then clearly I was good because my co-host didn't even bother. So You did more than that. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, impressive. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, The Accountant is a is a really good action movie. I mean, it's not like a great action movie. It's not like John Wick level action movie, but I I enjoyed it. And I, you know, if if I hadn't seen this with Brit and she wanted to go see it, I would watch this again. Like I enjoyed my time with it. The audience enjoyed it. I think, you know, this is going to be one of those movies that there's just going to be a huge divide between critics and audiences this is definitely like we mentioned this is a crowd pleaser this is meant to be fun and there definitely are moments where it doesn't make a lot of sense and there are moments where the tone is weird because it goes from 
very dark and brooding to, to actually quite funny. But I think it still works, even if that transition is awkward. And I think it's worth a watch. I understand why it's you know a crowd pleaser, because I think that, you know, even the successes we've had uh, with, I guess, adult fare in the fall season, like Sully's like a big hit. Um, then you have stuff like uh, the girl on the train and Deepwater Horizon, but those, I mean, those are not really fun. Deepwater Horizon is a you know real life tragedy film uh, that you can't fully really Good enjoy times. the action <laughs> yeah. because those are real people dying out there with right. this horrible disaster. And then Girl on the Train is about no likable characters. Yeah, no likable characters. There's rape and all sorts of you know terrible men, terrible women like yep. with these terrible men. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is fun. It's a film that isn't afraid to say, you know what, it's okay to like these guys with guns and it's okay to like these people with problems. It's an escape. It's a popcorn movie. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh, so what's coming up on, uh, War Machine versus War Horse that I probably won't listen to for another six months since I'm so behind on listening? Well, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll get there I eventually. Think, <laughs> I tend to think that if you download it, I don't really care if you they're downloaded. <laughs> they're all taking up room on my iPhone. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, you know, about 10 minutes before I got on the Scott call, so you released our accountant episode. Uh, there's not a lot of films with uh, accountants in like actiony movies. So we did uh, the Untouchables, where uh, they're you know Al Capone's accountant. That's what Kevin Costner crew are after. They can get a hold of the bookkeeper, uh, and then uh, Midnight Run, where De Niro is the bounty hunter who has Charles Grodin at different points throughout the film and can't hang on to him uh, as the the mafia <laughs> and the government tries to come after him. So that's quite uh, a like triple feature right there. That's, that's well, solid. you know, it's strange because I thought accountant was going to be like the, the one that was kind of, uh, you know, sobering and serious about it. And they ended up working out really well. Cause all three of those films aren't afraid to be fun like right. and kind of silly in nature. So um, yeah, I did that one with uh, Ben Zook and we had very, different opinions on almost all three <laughs> films nice so yeah check uh, you can interact with me at war machine horse uh, subscribe on itunes stitcher i'm on followingfilms.com along with the uh, pop culture case study nice all right we'll take a break and then bring in brit for fangirl fixation to find out what comes out next week this is chris maynard i'm host of the following films podcast every week i discuss a current release with one of the creative forces behind the film whether it's Giles Nutkins talking Hell or High Water, Leah Thompson discussing her work on Trouble with the Truth, or Jeremy Sandy chatting about his work on Deep Water Horizon. You can find our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you find podcasts. <laughs> Better yet, you can go to followingfilms.com, check out our latest episode, get some film news, reviews, and all sorts of goodness. Uh, that was my son, Jacob. He says hello, and he really wants you to check out the show. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to another uh, episode of Fangirl Fixation with Brit. Say hello, Brit. Hello, Brit. So, anything you want to talk about before we jump into movies this week? Well, I mean, we haven't really watched much. We watched The Accountant, but you're going to be talking about mm-hmm. that with your fried chicken, so I, I won't so. steal his limelight. His limelight? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It has to be lime because that's flavor for fried chicken. So, why don't chicken. you just give, you, give us our, our, your one-sentence review. What do you think of The Accountant? It was good. Okay. <laughs> you said one sentence. sentence. Yeah, it's a very, not a very complex sentence, but yeah. Well, I'm afraid of run-on sentences, so I don't want to make it too complicated. You can have a run-on sentence. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to grade this uh, for grammar. So. No. I guess <laughs> I'd have like to write it. it. I did like it. I think it's like what every action movie should be. I, like we discussed, there was there was a little too many of like, oh, everything's connected. But um, yeah, it was good. It was solid. 
All right, uh, so now moving on to the new releases this week. Uh, the first release is a trailer we have seen many, many times, uh, almost as many as we've seen of Inferno, that fantastic Tom Hanks movie coming out, and that is Masterminds, uh, starring Gal Gadot, Zach Galifianakis, Isla Fisher, and, of course, John Hamm. Uh, so what do you think of this trailer, Britt? So I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. I'm pretty sure Dave like did a technical difficulty to get rid of the sound that I originally made when he asked this question <laughs> because he was so unhappy with it. Or maybe that's what broke it. Anyways, <laughs> um, I would rather stick flaming toothpicks under my fingernails than watch this movie. Wow, that's flaming too. That's imaginative. I'll give you that. Well, I had time to think about it during the technical difficulties. Okay, um, let me ask you this. Would you rather watch this or Max Steel from last week? Max Steel. Wow. That is strong. Yeah, because then at least I can like have some joy in the fact that it's like a cutscene or like the beginning of a of a video game and I enjoy video games. <laughs> and I really don't feel like watching the slapstick version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, I thought that was a really solid, fun movie. And I agree. There's like, are we so bereft of original ideas that we are now basically doing Jane Austen with zombies to movies? Because that's basically yes. what it is. Like, we took this one movie, and now we're going to add in these two really funny people, supposedly. Um, I think the two funny people are Gal Gadot and John Hamm. I think John Hamm is actually, I mean, I think that's, so you know how you have your Sofia Vergara, like, bitch have a flaw? Yeah. Like she's good at everything? That's how I feel about John Hamm. Like, he's great comedically, he's great dramatically, he's good looking. I like, love him comedically. Things. Like, he's um, fantastic. I'll, I'll argue the good looking. You are wrong. <laughs> what is it like to be so wrong about so many things? that, Like, you can say John Hamm is not your cup of tea, you're not that attractive, but he is a good looking guy. Like if you're into that sort of thing, if you're like, into attractive into, people with like you know like chiseled good. jaws, like whatever. Oh uh, yeah, who wants that? Tall, dark, and handsome. Nah, uh -uh. overrated. <laughs> I like mine tall, and lanky, and weird. British. <laughs> you, do. you do. You absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, this is the sad thing to me is I keep hoping that John Hamm is going to have like a real movie career. Right. And it's just not happening. Like, like of course, he did Mad Men, and that was some a point huge, I'll get huge TV through that, day. but I can't because I have feminist boots on. Yeah. Well, there is that. But he's phenomenal in it. And I actually just recently watched a, like a Disney movie he was in called Million Dollar Arm, which is. Oh, really I've heard of good. that. It's about baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, shockingly good. Like, you feel like, oh, it's a stereotypical Disney family movie, like, whatever. But it's actually really good. And also, mm -hmm. Lake Bell is in it, who is in In a World. That, that we watched about the the trailer narrators. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Sorry. I so, was like, so she's you didn't say it right. In a world. Yeah, there. Okay. See, then yes. I would have gotten it. <laughs> yeah, so it's really, really good. and But yet, like, nobody seems to hire him. Like, he gets a lot of work doing, like, stuff on TV shows, because I know he's, like, really close with Tina Fey. Mm -hmm. So she keeps casting him. And he is really funny. But it's like, what do you have to do to get a movie career? Like, Maybe he be talented and good looking? It. I don't think that's it. Like he no. he shows up in movies. Like it's not like he's not working, but it's his career just isn't taking off. I know, but 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 me. How much of that is personal choice, though? Maybe there's projects he's not yeah, picking. I up. mean, that's possible. I can't speak to that. I don't right. know. Exactly. But it just it makes me sad that like ten years ago someone didn't go like, oh, we should do a fucking Superman movie, 
because he's fucking perfect. All right, I would have watched that. You know what I mean? Don't like <laughs> sidetrack because you you brought that oh, up. Oh yeah, Supergirl. Like, oh god, Supergirl. Okay, for once I am actually into a Superman. Yeah. Okay, I'm. That's all I'm gonna say. He's hot. He's charming. He's funny. We actually agree on a guy being hot. It's like the first time ever yes. <laughs> in our entire relationship, it's friendship, true. and uh, romantic. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so you know, John Hamm. Uh, I like watching him in movies, but this does not seem like a movie that's worth seeing in the theater. Like no. worth rushing out to. I'm see. I'm still it. distracted by that lingerie. Like I know they're missing out on the whole like little oh, yeah, tangent Gal-Gado, that I want to. Uh, Again, not about thing. her. I want the lingerie. You just want the lingerie. So this will be, again, not high on your list. Not something you want to rush out to see. No. Okay. Uh, And since you mocked my pronunciation, uh, what's the, in in the recording they'll never hear, uh, what is the title of the next movie? It's just Ouija. Is it just Ouija? Yeah. Is that the title? No, but I mean, like. do you? What's the subtitle? Um... It's not Ouija, the 70s version. That's not the title. Sorry to say. Something, 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 dark side. Oh, no. None of those. Uh. It doesn't matter. It's, you mispronounced that word, though. Like, it's not... It's, you, it's, it's Ouija. Like, that's how it's spelled. Yes. So, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Oh, right. How could I it. not remember that? So, of course, this is, I guess, a prequel uh, to the movie that came out a year or two ago. I didn't see that one. Neither did, did I. Oh. Um, I heard really bad things about it, and the trailer looked awful. And I was like, no thanks, I'll pass. But this one actually looks a little bit interesting. Like, I let me get this... Let's get this straight. I don't think it's going to be good. Right. Uh, but it's interesting. I like that it's set in the 70s. I like that they're doing uh, something a little different with it. I like that they're kind of, it looks like in the trailer they're showing like this this family where the, the mom like kind of, you know, runs seances. And she's a con artist. Yeah. And I like that they're showing like kind of underneath the table what's going on. Yeah, I find they that interesting. I don't know about the supernatural part of it, but the beginning part of it, I'm interested. I don't know how I feel about that because in the first trailer... Or maybe this is the first trailer and the one that I saw originally was the second trailer. None of that was actually shown. Mm-hmm. I feel like that maybe that was a mistake to put into the trailer. Mm. Um, I would have liked to have that be more of a surprise once I started watching the movie. See, for me, I think I like the idea of it because, like, the idea of a Ouija board is childish and ridiculous, right? Like, everyone, most people use one when they were, like, a preteen. Like I wasn't it's, allowed. It's Yeah, because your family believes in a lot of stuff. Um, so a lot of people have have like kind of seen that. So I like the idea of like a family who knows this stuff isn't real, like they're implicit in the con of it. Right. And then it happens to them. Like, I like that setup. Okay. Yeah. Now that you you put it that way, like it's. Yeah, yeah, like if they had someone else coming into the situation and they didn't know it was a con, then I agree with you. Then I wouldn't want to know until the moment. Right. You know, but I like this setup of these people who. Not that they don't believe in it, but they're they're complicit in the idea of other people believing right, it, right. and all of a sudden it's happened to them. Like I dig that idea. I think as a a nugget of an idea, it's great, but I think the movie is probably going to be terrible. I'm going to propose that we slightly change our tradition this year, and maybe we should go out and see this on Halloween. All right, maybe we'll see if it's still out <laughs> by that time. This comes out next week. Oh right, yeah. Well, the so the uh, movie poster says be. Halloween on it. We'll it, see. It should still but, be out. Yeah. But yeah, I'm down for that. Absolutely. So where does this like rank for you? Are you excited about this? Are you like kind of like I'll see it, but I'm not expecting much? Like, where Yeah, are you I think that's yeah. more of like I'll see it, but I'm not expecting much. I haven't been expecting much out of horror for a long time now. Um, well, I feel like... The first one that I got really excited about was... Was... Oh, we just saw it. 
It's the guy that got me like really angry in fan boots because like they changed the movie in like the third section. I have no memory of this. It's the one where they're in the house and he's blind. Oh, oh, don't breathe. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that so like that was the first one that I got legitimately excited for and then was like let down so hard that I just can't. Right. I feel like right now there's and this is uh very reductive and I'm sure anyone who's listening who's big big horror fans will be like, "Oh god, you're so wrong." But to me right now there's kind of two schools of horror movies that are coming out. There's like the art house horror with mm-hmm. like It Follows and the Babadook. Right. Um and then you have kind of the trash horror like the kind of like we can produce this for cheap, like lights out, right. uh, the camera, you know that kind of movie, and you know, uh, so I think some horror right now. I like the fact that some of the horror movies coming out are well thought out, right? And like it's an actual story, and it's something that they see as important, as opposed to just like I'm going to scare you. There's a ghoul, blah blah blah. Right. I think I'm I'm more in support of this because it's moving away from the trend that really like turned me off from horror movies because I loved them as a kid. Mm-hmm. So and what then, turned you off? Uh, the the mass amounts of gore. Oh yeah, sure. Because like like Blame that Sam Raimi. Yeah, because well, that's Dead. that's more of like shock value, um, than it is about like. Like real fear to me. Mm, sure. I like like the like the deep psychological things. It's more about things. disgusting you than scaring you, right? And, sure. and like for me, I was like, I don't need to watch that, right? It's yeah. like no, there's no point, and it's and it's not because like oh it freaks me out. It's just like over it. Uh, yeah, like whatever. Our society is desensitized enough. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. All right. Uh, so the last movie and the movie we'll be covering here is Jack Reacher. Never go back. Oh my god. Um, so thoughts on Jack Reacher. Um well, I just recently watched this with you cuz mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it yet and I am kind of excited for it, which is yes. weird to say for a Tom Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. Um because ever since he went nuts so, it's been really hard for me to watch his movies. Sure. Like because the, I couldn't the cult get that of personality. Right, cuz I couldn't get that out of my head, but him as Jack Reacher like I was like, "Oh right, you're actually an amazing actor and not it, just And not only an amazing like, actor, but weird. an amazing action. Actor. Yeah, like he's really good because it's not like he's not going to win Oscars for this. He's not no. going to make you cry. He's not going to change your life. But like, there's something to be said for someone who can play an action hero, and we don't have a lot of those anymore, right? You know, like they've kind of gone away. I think we want. I think film has changed in this way that we don't have those kind of '80s action movies that are kind of without nuance, right? You know, that are just simple, blunt to the point. And I kind of miss that. You know, I miss the. The Stallone and the the Schwarzenegger type movies. And granted, this isn't like big and buff and super violent like that, but it has that same kind of attitude. Right, yeah. Where it's like one person who is driven to do one thing. Right. And that's it. And Tom Cruise really inhabits that well. Yeah, that was like, that was a really enjoyable movie for me. And like for different reasons, like one of the things that I loved was that there wasn't actually a romantic relationship in it mm-hmm. and that they actually like, like a tease at it but. right and i love that that like got put on her too of like nope you're misreading signals right right <laughs> and that was kind of great so um yeah i'm actually really excited for this and if you go and watch it without me i'll probably stab you in the leg with a pen yeah i don't watch movies without you anywhere we go every week at least once <laughs> if not twice a week to the movies i don't know why you still throw out these threats <laughs> like every week like i haven't seen a movie without you for like Three or four weeks, and you're still like, I will fucking kill you. I will stab <laughs> you in the face if you do. If you no, see this not your me. face. It has to be places they can't see it. Oh well, that's healthy. Help me, please. Someone, someone, help me. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, yeah. So yeah, nobody actually believed that. We are not abusive. No. Uh, so 
Yeah, Jack Reacher, I, of course, didn't see it when it came out in theaters, but when I finally did see it, like, kind of on home video, like, I thought it was fantastic. And I was like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel mean, like someone should have been like, hey, you should check this out. I remember seeing the trailer for the first one and, like, rolling my eyes yeah. and was like, oh, God. And then didn't ever get to it. And then and then you finally watched it and told me that it was something that I needed to watch. Not as strongly as John Wick. Um, which that one I'm also excited about. Can't yeah. wait for our Valentine's Day. Yeah, we just saw date. the trailer for John Wick too. Oh man, this is one of the few times where like I watched a trailer before Dave and I was like, why haven't you watched this yet? This is amazing. <laughs> and I would just like to say publicly that if the situation had been reversed, I would have heard that you watched it without me. How dare you? <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I've done this to her before. I'm just going to let this go until we're on a podcast and I can shame <laughs> you publicly. That's <laughs> In my defense, I was having a really bad day at work. and, don't, and don't, No, 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 no. None <laughs> of this pouting nonsense. They don't know you. They'll fall for this. It no, was true. You no. know what day that was. That was a bad day at work. <laughs> I know it was, but I don't need people feeling more sorry for you or caring more about you. They love you enough. <laughs> I've had it. I'm, I'm the talent here. God damn it. <laughs> All right, so of the three, it looks like I picked the right movie to cover. Yes. Uh, because Jack Reacher, uh, Never Go Back, is the one you want to see. Yes. Right? Out of those three. Awesome. All right, uh, anything else before we sign off? There was something. My brain died. It's okay. Okay. All right, uh, so the next time uh, the show comes back, because uh, I'm super original, the movie we're covering for <laughs> uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, is Jack Reacher. So until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for Five dimensions, six senses, seven from a mess of heaven to hell, eight million stories to tell, nine planets faithfully keep an orbit with the probable tenth. The universe expands left. Teenage girl, a traveling magazine sales crew. Fucking time period does this take place in? <laughs> this isn't modern, is it? It's what <laughs> it is, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, so it's sci-fi then. <laughs> <laughs> More sci-fi than passengers. It's dangerous to dream, but your chain cats get they chip out. You dead now. Killing fields need blood to graze the cash cow. Some numbers game, but shit don't add up somehow. Like I got 16 to 32 balls to rock it, but only 15% of profits ever seen my pockets. Like 69 billion in the last 20 years spent on national defense, but folks still live in fear. Like nearly half of America's largest cities is one quarter black. That's why they gave the people so.